are listening to Masks Off with host and life coach Kim Gross. My goal is to help people to go from people pleasing and perfectionism to powerful. I help you to uncover these patterns, own your shit, and remove these masks to live a more empowered life using my five step power pathway that takes you from people pleaser and perfectionist to powerful. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of Masks Off. I am Kim Gross, and today I have with me Dr. Heine Messinger. Did I say it right? You're pretty close. It's Dr. Heine Messinger. Dr. Heine Messinger. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for helping me with that. And thank you for being here. So I'm going to start our episode with using one of your quotes, and then we'll jump right in. So the quote is, travels and adventures are one of the best investments for one's life, as it offers the opportunity for learning and growing beyond one's wildest dreams. And we are going to get into that in just a few minutes. And I cannot wait to have this conversation with you. I've been thinking about you and our conversation for the last couple of days. So I'm really super excited that you are here. But before we jump in, um, I invite you to just share with the listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm just so humbled and grateful to be here. So thank you. And thank you for creating this platform that allows people to have opportunity to have conversation. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. You're welcome. So a little bit about me. I have three degrees. I have a degree in liberal arts, a degree in health science, and my doctorate in occupational therapy. I speak and I've had opportunity to be a keynote speaker online in Turkey and in Pakistan over the years. I work at university as a professor teaching child development and helping to co-teach pediatric intervention to third year students. I have published a book entitled Breathe, 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 intended for kids and really anyone aged that has kids ages zero till about 10 years old, teaching mindfulness meditation in a very fun, simple way. And I have mindfulness meditation certifications. I work one-on-one with parents and kids that are ages zero to 12 virtually and in person really focusing a lot on skill-based activities as it relates to daily occupation and functionality while making sure that it's authentic for the child and that we're helping and allowing the child to remain tapped into their authenticity. And my free time, I really enjoy to travel. I've had over the past, I think, six, seven years traveled locally in the States and like really all over the world at this point. Oh my goodness, where to even begin? <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Okay. So first of all, that is so much that you have accomplished. And I want to right now, just take this opportunity and highlight that you are 31 years old. <laughs> you have accomplished all of that. And you're 31. Like that is so incredible first and foremost. And why I am so excited to have this conversation with you is because well, one, I'm super curious. So first of all, let me just ask, are you ready to take off your mask and be yes. vulnerable? I am okay. so ready and so excited. Okay. So we're going to take off our proverbial masks. And I'm really excited because I have a 23 year old and a 20 year old, and I'm always like trying to think about, I guess I'm a lot of times I'm in this space of worrying about like how they're navigating life and they're doing great, by the way, it has nothing to do with them. It's, it's my own projection and it's coming from my own story that when I was 24, I got married and I was a school teacher until I was 30. And then I had my son at 30, my daughter at 33. And I don't really, really remember when I was in my twenties, if I had a strong desire to travel or to see the world, I think that I did. I remember like having this feeling that I wanted to be expansive. Like I could expand, like my soul wanted to expand, but I didn't. I put on masks instead and I played small. And I felt like the only way that I could, and none of this was conscious, by the way, it was all like subconscious. There's all this stuff that was just running underneath and running the show, but I felt like the only way, and it wasn't, I guess it was because of social conditioning as well. Cause I was saying this to you before we started recording that the way we were conditioned, the traditional path for life is go to high school, check, go to college, check, got my master's check, got married right after check, and then worked for a little bit and then had kids. That's like the traditional path that so many of us take. And we do it blindly almost. And that's like maybe where my fear comes from with my own kids. Like I keep telling them, have many relationships. Don't get married until you're at least 30. Like, you know, like I'm trying to tell them, don't take the path that I took. Now it worked out for me because I still have learned a lot and I've still grown and I'm, and I'm completely in a better space, but still I see your path and I see you going this whole different way. And I would love for you to share your journey because you have accomplished all of those things that you just talked about. You've traveled so much alone and you, I asked if you were in a committed relationship and you said you're not. And I would love to know, like, what is, what has that been like for you to do all the traveling alone, to not have a relationship? Do you at times I'm asking you so many questions and I'll come back and repeat some of them, but you can see how excited I am to have this conversation with you. Yes. I like, tell me everything, honey. <laughs> <laughs> tell me please. But you know what I'm saying? Like, 
And and were there times when you were traveling or just in your life and you're like, did you feel that kind of knee jerk reaction almost to, I have to have a relationship to be okay. Okay. Microphone to you now. (laughs) Um, So I was also following the typical traditional cultural paradigm. I went to school and I'm definitely a little bit over schooled, I would say at this point. And I was following that path also. And I don't know if you know this, and maybe some people know this about me. So what really started to trigger this need of wanting to travel, it really started when I was about 18 years old, maybe even 17 years old. I had opportunity to go to Israel for the first time. And I grew up in a very close knit religious Orthodox Jewish community in which I didn't really have that much exposure to the world. Um, when I was 17, I went to Israel and then that's when I started to see like, there's a world beyond my Brooklyn home. Like there are people of all walks of life here. And I started like questioning and even really started questioning earlier on, but I started like questioning different things about what I was seeing happening within the community. And I continued and I followed the journey. I kind of like closed my eyes to what I saw and what I was experiencing. I would mention it to family and they'd be like, no, 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 you need to like date, you need to go to school. So I did follow that trajectory. Like I was 19, I was dating, I was 20. I was 23 years old and I was in a relationship. I dated someone for three months and I got engaged. And I was like, so everyone was so excited for me. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so spectacular. Like, you know, you're going to start a family and you're going to get married and you're going to have this and that. And I wasn't feeling that. I was experiencing significant panic and significant anxiety. And then I was thinking like, what, what is wrong with me? Like, this is what a young Jewish religious Orthodox girl is expected to do. This is what seen pretty much all my family members do yet I was experiencing like panic like I to the point like I couldn't breathe and I wasn't functioning and then certain people were saying well this is normal it's okay you're gonna be fine everyone has the jitters but there was something in like my heart that was just not letting me like go through with this and there was triggering points and there was things that happened that led to that point but parents cousins aunts uncles 23 year old telling like this is what you should be doing and I was like no I cannot do it and within a few weeks I broke off the engagement and it that was like a pivotal point for me to realize like is this something that I want maybe I'll want it in the future when I'm like 28 29 30 or maybe it's not the time right now because I I wasn't feeling it yet everybody was doing it and I was being told that this is what you should do and you should be feeling good and this is like normal and it's okay and it's gonna go away but something within me was like revolting and just I just I couldn't do it and that's when I really started to go even deeper onto myself and I was introduced to Dr. Shafali at that point and it was about discovering and it was about realizing the conditioning that I grew up with as a very young girl, like you get married and you have kids and you have the picket white fence and you have the house and you do all these different things, which 
it's great and amazing and spectacular for some people that are interested and they want to do that. It's not to say like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is crazy and don't do it. For some people, this is what works. This is a production. This is their life. This is their way they're going about it. Beautiful and amazing. Yet for me, there was just something in myself that I was like, I cannot. And this is not something that's resonating for me right here, right now. And it's just shifted releasing dating, releasing the idea of getting married and just discovering and getting a sense of who I am. And from about like 24, 25 and onward, traveling locally in the States, having opportunity to travel like all over the world. And the travel might be perceived as like, oh my gosh, this person is like all over and doing all these, all these different things and showing this or that or whatever. But ultimately, the intention of what I'm traveling is the experience of connecting to culture, connecting to the people, having conversation, experiencing and doing new things like things that I never did before, like going in a hot air balloon or going on a meditation retreat, like experiencing those things, not to like have to say, oh, I went here and did this and did this. It's more about like that experience that it's allowing me to further get to know who I am and to come home to myself and to release some of the conditioning, some of the charges to just really get to see who my soul is, who my essence is. And that's like the primary reason of why I travel, why I speak and why I'm doing with what I'm doing. And at the same time, during the journey and like being in a specific type of community does make it challenging because yes, in the future, I do want to get married and I do want to have children, yet I'm not going to like push it or force it. I'm going to work as much as I can to be whole within. So when that right person shows up, it's that cherry on top type of piece. And it's now it's through that travel and the journey is sometimes really lonely and I am alone a lot of the time and it's about just coming home and feeling comfortable with my own being and my own essence and it's questions and asking big questions that people may feel uncomfortable and talk like asking about that asking about like why am I doing things and poking holes within that also further like helps me and has been helping me along the journey. God, that I'm going to tell you that was beautiful. And literally I had like goosebumps when you were saying that because when I'm like living through you, like, you know, wishing, uh, uh, let me stop there. Well, okay. No, I will take my mask off. Yeah. Like I wish, you know, that I had done that when I was your age, I wish that I had been able to, cause I think I kind of had that stirring in me, but the difference was that I didn't listen to it. So that was my question. That's my next question for you. When you were 23 and you were engaged and you had that feeling come up of like, this is not right for me. How were you able to have that like inner strength and conviction to say to all your family and everyone who's telling you that, you know, you should be getting married. Like, that's what you do. That's what we do in our culture. That's what's next. How were you able to stand up for yourself and speak up and say, nope, not doing that, going this way instead. Like, where did that inner strength come from? I think that the inner strength was always there. I think that over the years, it just got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed away. 
I started having a lot of like very intuitive like visions of things like if I were to go down this path I was almost felt like my life was going to be over and not not even related to this person that I was engaged to I do not want to say if in case he does watch it or people do see this it is nothing whatsoever to do with this individual nor this family whatsoever yeah, with totally. my experience it's 110% related to myself and my own yeah. conditioning and my own creation of things 110% so for people that are watching it so I would envision myself almost becoming like Rapunzel and like being like locked away and not having the opportunity to experience things and that's what like drove me and I was thinking in my mind like I'm so young and I'm experiencing so much anxiety I cannot go into a relationship it's not fear to the other person for me to be going into this already knowing and feeling so uncomfortable so uncertain the least that I can do is use my voice and like for at least for this person and at least for his family to say like no that I can't do this I'm not in this right state to be doing it because something within me I don't know I don't have the words I'm not quite sure what is going on but this is really not feeling good and not feeling right it was just something intuitively something like stomatically was just coming out of my body like just screaming and just telling me like you can't do this you can't do this and I ultimately was in a place where I felt like I didn't have a choice like I needed to say like I'm sorry like no I can't do this I can't do this and I had a lot, a lot of backlash and it took a few years for it to really get a little bit better. But looking back at it, this is one of the most pivotal and most empowering points and like cracking points in my life. And if I would have had not used my voice, I would not be here today. I wouldn't have discovered like Dr. Shafali's work. I wouldn't be teaching and traveling and speaking and working at university. Like I wouldn't, it was one of those main pivotal moments that I can see how it significantly shifted the projection of my whole entire life and future generations for my children and for other family members. 100% agreed on that for sure. So then my next question is that this ability or this skill that you use to speak up and speak out and to kind of have the inner strength even when you're traveling alone, because that does take a certain amount of inner strength, gumption, um, inner strength is all I can think about to be able to just travel alone. Do you get the inner dialogue? Do you have the inner dialogue of like, what the F am I doing like, Oh my God, like I'm so scared or what, you know, what am I doing? And if you do have that inner dialogue and you do have those feelings of fear that is trying to keep you from stepping outside your comfort zone and being the best version of yourself and shining bright and being all of you and coming home to yourself and being in your wholeness. Like if, do you have those fears and what, if so, what do you do? What's your practice for overcoming them and still stepping out into the world? So um, when I was in Thailand, there was an experience and I think that you may have, like, I may have told you about this. It was about 9 a.m. alone at the beach and kind of doing my own thing, not really like feeling pretty good, feeling, 
pretty safe and open area, open space. And I got surrounded by 10 men. I'm going to kind of leave their background and where they're from out of it. But 10 men and me, and they just started having conversation, started taking pictures, and they wanted to try to take pictures with me. And what did I do? I just got up and I walked away and I went back to my hotel. And I would say from the travels that I've done, that was one of the most curious moments, like thinking about like what could have, God forbid, happened to me. And especially I'm like so far away from New York, like who can come get me? And even if I'm having friends in that area, like I'm like in this third world country and here I am. So that triggered and made me think about my safety on like a whole nother level. So when it in like when it came to future travels or internationally, I started to feel like pretty uncomfortable going. And it was this place of like, God forbid, placing myself in a situation where I can get killed or raped or murdered or like really, really negative and bad things can happen to me. So I took that step back for a minute and I just reflected and feeling the fear, feeling, feeling the anxiety and thinking, how can I prevent something like this? in the future from happening. And there's really not much that I could do about it or potentially traveling with friends or making sure people know about my whereabouts. But after that experience, I did, like I was a lot more mindful traveling internationally till this past year, I was in um, Guatemala and I did travel independently. I did meet up with friends like in Guatemala beginning at the end, but then I went into it of, noting that the universe and the world that we live in is good and I'm always protected. And no matter with how I'm showing up, the energy is going to be reading out into like the environment that I'm in. And I went into it, like noting that and meditating on that and not being out late at night, but not being out super early in the morning, especially being a female and being alone yet living life and doing it anyway. Like I have this life, I have these moments, I have the ability to have these experiences and I can stay home and close the door and lock the keys or I can go out and explore and yet be mindful and intentionally cultivate this space that I feel this love and protection surrounding me while also making sure like people know where I'm at and being, you know, a little bit cautious and discerning where I'm going and the things that I am doing. And just when the fear does come up, is embodying and feeling it, noting it, and just doing it anyway. I love that. It's such a great balance of that. And I think that's what I'm also being aware of as well, or at least I know for myself with my own experience, that what I've had to learn to do throughout life is how to create that own my own inner safety. Because for me, I always had this fear that I wasn't going to be able to handle any situation that came along. And it really for even most of my adult life, and it was really um, front and center for me. And I was really challenged with it three years ago when my mom was in the hospital and she would talk about dying. She was like on her deathbed. She had had um, like a heart, she went into cardiac arrest, arrest. She was on life support and then she never came back. But for those nine days, I remember clearly having to over and over and over again, 
go inward. A, like you said, first feel my fear. I had to feel it. I couldn't ignore it, repress it or push it down. So I did that first and foremost. And then I just, my adult self kept telling my little girl self who was so scared because I always had this pattern of being scared around people who were sick, especially and being in hospitals and things like that. And just saying like, reminding myself and telling my little girl, like, it's okay. I'm here for you. We'll get through this. We can get through this. We've gotten through so many things in life. Look how far we've come. You know, you're good. You're safe. Like over and over and over again, because I had to make a really hard decision about my mom, like whether to keep her on the life support or not. And so it was like all of these decision makings that I had to do. Could I do it? Could I not? I was scared, you know, sourcing my... What I think I'm trying to say, it's it's a skill almost that we have to really learn how to source our own inner safety. Because at the end of the day, yes, we have friends. Yes, we have family. Yes, we can turn to this one. But at the end of the day, we have to be able to be there for ourselves. And I think about you and your story, and I think about you traveling, and I think about you having to rely on yourself and depend on yourself to coordinate so many details, first of all, just to travel the places that you traveled and then figuring out your own meals and your own entertainment. And how, you know, when you are feeling lonely, what can you do? Like all of that, you have to rely on yourself at the end of the day. So have you had times where you struggled with that or was it always something that was like first nature for you? Um, so the way I grew up, everything was like set, like food and like school. And like, so I, everything was like set. I didn't really need to do much growing up to the degree of like how to dress, how to act, like growing up in this, almost this like life book way of life of like, this is how you eat. This is how you drink. This is how you walk. This is the type of school. This is how you're dressing. This is what you're going to say with this thing or this situation or whatever it may be. So I grew up very like things like really given, told, directed, not having the opportunity to really have that much independence at all. And then through travel, really like just the world at my fingertips. I can have dessert for like breakfast if I choose to. I can choose to eat, sorry, vegan or not. I can choose to go to the beach and cover up or not, like not having those options. And it just offered the freedom for like all these different experiences. Yet I never had that place of like really needing to take care of myself, really needing to figure out everything, especially when I'm internationally, like on my own, like there's no mommy or daddy or friends or family or anyone to do it for me. So what happens? I naturally needed to figure it out. Where's the grocery store? Where can I get food? Is this like a safe thing for me to do or not? And it I would reach out to people within the hotel or people within the space that I'm in or people that lived in the community to find out. And it just offered me connection with people that I wouldn't even have typically have had connection to or even 
have conversation with just because it was out of this place of, okay, like here I am, like not quite sure what to do. I can talk to a local person and then try to learn and discern and figure it out really, really beautifully and really, really effortlessly, especially when people hear like I'm from another country. I've had such loving and kind interactions and people just guiding and offering support because a lot of the times when people don't know this, when I'm traveling, like I don't really have an itinerary. I'll kind of just like go and I'll figure it out when I'm there. I'll figure out like the hotel and more than that, like I'm just really like go with the flow type of thing of what's going to happen. The right person's going to show up and I'll figure it out. And if I'm intended to do this activity, I'll do this activity. And if I'm not, I'm not. And it's just trusting with the flow of things while at the same time, like, so not attached if I get to see everything or nothing, or if I just have a conversation for an hour with, you know, a local person when it comes to that too. I love, I love that. That's beautiful. And let me ask you this question. So would you have it any other way? Or do you sometimes get into that space of, oh, I just want my mom. Where's my mom? You know, do you, do you have those moments? And, or oh, I do. I definitely do have those moments and I'll FaceTime mom or I'll call mom and I'll be like, hi, here I am. Come join me in the top of the Eiffel Tower. Come join me in like on the Grand Canyon, like, please, you know, so I definitely do have those moments. And I think over the years and especially the last like year or two, I've built up such an incredible support system of like really Mm -hmm. beautiful friends. And I became a lot closer with a lot of my family members that even if I'm away, like they're still with me. And I always like one of my favorite um, things is I forgot which author said this, no matter where you go, you will always follow. Mm. And it's the realization like early, early on in my travels, like I felt like I'm traveling to South Africa, like the Khani is going to stay in New York and there's going to be a different Khani showing up in South Africa. I think I was, I think this was in 20, like 16 or 2017, not realizing that I do go wherever, wherever I am. Like I always follow like this naive young Khani is like, no. And then it was a realization when I am traveling, like I really don't feel like even if I'm physically alone, I don't feel alone. And even if Mm -hmm. I'm spending the weekend alone, I'm not necessarily feeling alone per se, because I know that there's social media or my friends or my family are like at a click of a finger and I can always reach out, even though when I am alone, I do feel lonely at times. And I do seek and want that connection of like, physically being in contact and being with people. And so that's an area that I've been like working on facilitating more community and direct interactions with people. So I'm glad you brought that up and we'll, we'll explore this and then we can wrap it up, but that's what I was wondering next. So you talked about that lonely piece. So you're 31 and you were engaged at 23, broke it off. And then since then, have you um, had any committed relationships? No. Okay. So then beautiful. And I guess what I'm trying to ask or what I'm wondering about, again, I think it comes back to this like social conditioning or when we start to feel like on the inside that we are super like alone and lonely that our go-to is to want to reach out and like have to have a relationship. Like that's going to be the answer. If I just get a boyfriend or if I just in, in a partnership or whatever, that that's going to 
if only I had a boyfriend then, or if only and then we have the boyfriend and then if only I have a kid and then yeah. one kid and then two kids. And if only this happened and then it's like, if only, and it just keeps on. Yeah. Like so how, do you, to, mm-hmm. how did you, how do you navigate that? Um, I navigate that knowing that exactly where I'm meant to be is exactly where I'm meant to be. If I'm meant to be in a relationship, I would be in a relationship. If I'm meant to have a different job, I'll have a different job. And I just trust and know that this is exactly where I'm meant to be. And I sometimes do get caught up with friends or family and they have their like cute little kiddos or this or that. And I know though that in reality, there's this perception of how life is looking and being perceiving, but then on when I actually look a little bit deeper, if I think a little bit deeper, like, yes, it looks picture perfect and amazing, yet ultimately there's other details that are coming into play. You're not sleeping at night, the kid is sick, or this job is paying really well, but then I'm not feeling really happy or feel really fulfilled. And there's these other elements that I also like see and know from like experience of being in a relationship and from experiencing just talking to friends or family too, like it's deceptive because there's no picture perfect and there's never going to be a point, I think, in anyone's life where we're going to feel like, okay, this feels like enough. Like I have a hundred dollars. Okay. This is enough. But then it's like $200 or I have this house. And then it's a house with two bedrooms. Now it's a house with five bedrooms. And we always tend to go into that place. And I realized that I'm always going to maybe go into that place of wanting this or wanting that, but then ultimately just like trusting and just appreciating with what, do I have and what am I grateful for in the now and I do want to be in a relationship and I do want to have children but I will not be forcing not it will be coming out of this abundance and this place of wholeness and beautiful growth like spiritually beyond like the physical elements of things when it does come to that I love that and what I hear you saying is like the grass is not greener on the other side (laughs) It's, it's such a true cliche or saying. So I guess my last question then for you, and this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. And I think I would want to end by saying, and you've already touched upon it a little bit, actually you've touched upon it a lot, um, but maybe one more time. What advice would you give to young people in their twenties that are feeling like there's something missing, feeling like they have to have that relationship in order to be happy, feeling like there's something out there that they're chasing that somehow is going to make them feel good on the inside. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And and they're living in this fear. They're living, they're playing small. They're, they're not really living authentically. They're living with masks on. What, what would you say? I would say that you have this one life, these moments in time Mm -hmm. and that life is about experiences and life is about doing what sparks joy. 
and meaning to your life. And if you're able to tap away even just a little bit from culture and society and conditioning and indoctrination and tap into what do I really want? What is my passion? What do I love to do? Yes, friends or family might be having boyfriend or girlfriend and they might be having this or this or that. Is this something that I really truly want or is this something that I want to do just because everyone else is doing? And just realizing that I have the ability to cultivate and bring joy and meaning into my life. And I think that the essence of our life is being of service and finding out what do I love and tapping into that joy and that passion. And we're able to start to do that when people are in their 20s and kind of play with the idea of like dating and marriage and the idea of career and success and not really attach very lightly to that and just cultivate experiences. And for me, I cultivated that through travel and also through a lot of reading and meditation and mindfulness. And there was a lot of schooling and there was dating and there was, you know, broken relationship in terms of that. But it's through the experiences of that we have in our life. It just offers the opportunity for more connection and more meaning and more understanding and not about like mom or dad or brothers or sisters, but ultimately about ourselves and focusing in ourself and figuring out what is that joy? What is that meaning? What experiences would I like to cultivate? Because I have this life, these moments in time, and how can I make the most of it for myself? What feels meaningful for me in this now? Mm, that's awesome. And maybe there's one question to piggyback on. So you said to ask, if I'm 20, ask myself, what is it that I want and cultivate that? So let's say I'm 20 and I want a relationship, but I'm not in one and I'm not finding one. So cultivate. So a lot of people always ask me, so are you in a relationship? Are you in the relation in a relationship? And then I'll say yes. And why will I say, yes, I'm in a relationship with myself. So if you're not in a relationship, cultivate that relationship within you and give that love and that care that you would potentially be giving to the other, to yourself, taking care to love you, give yourself loving foods, loving experiences, making sure you're eating and sleeping well, buy yourself the gifts. Well, who says like a boyfriend or a girlfriend needs to be the one that's buying it? Why can you like buy it for yourself? Whatever you're seeing in that need or that wanting of the relationship really ultimately is a delusion because it's it's not real, but on like a side, it's really about how can I get, what am I wanting in that relationship? If it's that love or that care or that connection or that conversation, how can I give that to myself? How can I develop those skills so that when I am in a relationship, I'm able to give that because I developed those skills within me. Oh my God. That is awesome. So beautiful. Thank you so much, honey, for being here. It was, I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm blown away. I'm just so impressed by how much um, wisdom, strength, growth that you have. I remember seeing you on stage at Dr. Shafali's Evolve event, I think in 2019. Yeah. And even from then until now, how much growth, it's incredible. And even then I was like, wow, this is amazing. She's amazing. So I think that you are a beacon of hope and light for the world, but particularly even 
for young people, like in their twenties and how to navigate and do this thing called life in a whole different way. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm just so humbled and grateful. And thank you so much for all that you do and for having this beautiful podcast and for giving me a voice to be able to be vulnerable and authentic and to share a little bit of my journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. So thank you everybody for being here for another episode of Masks Off. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to comment, subscribe, or like, and I will have all of Hani's information in the show notes for how you, they can find you. I think you're on Facebook, Instagram, Mm -hmm. and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn. And you have a, do you have a website or an email address that you gave me? I have a website and an email. I think my website is down, but my email is there. Awesome. And I will put all of that in the show notes for anyone that is looking to connect with you. So I please connect with Hani. She's amazing. And um, see you next time on Masks Off. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to take the next step to overcoming your people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com for a free discovery call. Also, if you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review. And remember, remove your masks and create the life that you desire.